Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. Down goes Clemson. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the lead investigator on Notre Dame's crowd-rushing case. And with me, as always, is AJ. Michigan men can't coach Michigan. Marchese. Uh, don't, don't even bring up that school anymore, Rob. One and two for the team up north. Today, we'll break down our 2021 NFL Draft Spurs from this past Saturday in college football. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving up to Cleveland, maybe. Looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today. And use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. People underrate my ad reading ability. Who? That's what all. Who are these? You. People? <laughs> I read that sick. You want me to grade you? Yeah, please. Seven point three five. I mean, an improvement's an improvement. You can find all of your grades on my blog. Uh, you know what else we can find on your blog, AJ? Best fresh. No, wait, or do we have news? I don't see. It, it would be great if I knew how this show worked. <laughs> uh, we can find the list of Senior Bowl acceptances because uh, your blog is the SeniorBowl.com because you're Jim Nagy's assistant. I hate that we do that <laughs> for a game that's not going to happen. Shut up! It still <laughs> means something. Did you see all the cool videos? Sure, I did. Uh, yeah, so uh, cool. <laughs> I'll run through a couple of them quickly. Uh, South Dakota State wide receiver Cade Johnson, mm-hmm. Michigan receiver Nico Collins could have used him. Michigan corner Ambry Thomas could have used him. Sure. Washington, Washington defensive lineman Levi Onwuzariki, Illinois State safety Christian Uphoff, and Grambling State offensive lineman David Moore. So sick. 
Uh, I'm excited that Kate Johnson's going. There was um, some unknown about what he would do once he opted out at South Dakota State. Never ended up transferring anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now we could see him at the Senior Bowl, and he's a guy who, I in this type of class, he's he. I think it'd be hard to see him go before day three. But like he's one of those guys who I think like a fourth round slot who ends up with a really productive career. No, oh, yeah, that that's fair. Um... I don't know, Rob. I just can't get excited for senior bowl stuff right now. But I'm glad we're talking about it. Uh, okay, uh, senior bowl is my favorite thing, so I'll get excited about it. Um, uh, I think Nico Collins is a guy who's got. He's gonna end up being one of the guys who has a chance to be the highest drafted from the senior bowl, probably. That's fair. Um, he's a height, weight, speed guy that Michigan clearly misses down the field. Yeah, the receivers been uh, bad. I'm excited to see Anwar Zariki in one-on-ones because he's yeah. a guy who Washington had to deploy in so many different ways last year to make up for some of the depth problems that you never really get to see him, I think, in his best role as a as a kind of a penetrating three-tech um, uh, of the guys pins his ears back. Of the guys you named, Anwar Zariki might have like the biggest money week there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then, hey, we always love the small school guys. Uh, Uphoff's an interesting one because he he's a he's a big or a long lean safety six three one ninety five and a really good kick returner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I still I'm not the biggest Ambry Thomas fan. I I know there are me, fans me, of this, but yeah. Me me neither. But seeing the Michigan corners this year <laughs> makes me think maybe he maybe he's a, better than I thought. Yeah, exactly. They've been so bad. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm. I, I know you. It, it seems strange because we're seeing the Pac-12 just start this week. Yeah. But because I was thinking, are we getting way more early in, or acceptances than normal? And then I thought about it. And it's like it's almost mid-November, yeah. so not really. No. It just seems that way because of uh, how the season's gone. Yeah, it's funny, like just seeing like the the top twenty-five and like there's a seven and zero team and like a two and zero team beside each other. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Know. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. Uh, okay, but from from there, let's jump into it. Um, let's start with our best freshman this week, AJ. Can you say DJ's name yet? Uyunglele. Yeah. I literally spent an entire day practicing. Good work. That's, that's uh, I know. I, I don't even want to say it now because you're gonna look way DJ Uyunglele. Uyunglele. Yeah. There. Yeah, we're sick at it. I see. I know how to say it, and then it just gets stuck in my throat a little bit. Like it's my fault. It's okay when you say it alone. And there's no pressure. It's, like, easy. And then, like, when you're live on a big program like this one, a little yeah. more pressure. You only get one take. It's, it's streaming live on the internet. Um, anyways, yeah, DJ. You know, what's, you know what's awesome about him? He just doesn't throw spirals, but he's throwing it through people. He has one of the strongest arms in college football, if not the strongest. I'll say it. I'll say it. Yeah, Freshman. It's insane. It's, like... It's so crazy how fast the ball gets from his hand to the receiver, aka arm strength. It's 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 nuts, and I mean, he's massive. Obviously, what what was this like the? I think it's like, I think he threw more yards than uh, Trevor Lawrence did, except for like one game in his career. Um, the most yards thrown against Notre Dame ever, or something like that. Had a rushing touchdown. Uh, he's a tank, man. It's just gonna be Clemson. Rolling right on to, to DJ. And Trevor Lawrence can't be thinking about coming back to school anymore because they're just going to push him out for DJ, baby. <laughs> so they, they end up losing, obviously, 47-40 in double overtime. But 
to no fault of DJ, put up 40 points on uh, the number four team in the country. Um, the fact that he, in a normal year, wouldn't have even played this year, and he's already this talented and yeah. this good. Like, he, in a regularly length season, if he was starting from day one, he, he he's like he's on pace to have the greatest freshman quarterback year <laughs> ever, which Trevor Lawrence already did two years ago, yeah. which is just mind-boggling. Um, like he, he's, I mean, he's six four two fifty, and he's 18 and he's got a rocket launcher for an arm. He doesn't seem to really mind pressure. Like for a young quarterback, he's quite poised. Uh, it, it, like he, he looks like he's the future first overall pick. And like you said, the, the fact that they get, it, it went from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence to DJ with like a little bit of Kelly Bryant in there. That's insane. The Clemson, Clemson is proving once again you really can't i don't think win a national championship without an elite quarterback yeah just look at the rest of the like like i know ian buck's not an elite quarterback um or is that's he? like the maybe we have more on that later <laughs> and then like you see georgia fall you see michigan fall you see all these teams that are supposed to be competitive and they're they're clear holes at quarterback and the, the schools like Clemson, I, Ohio State, yeah. and Alabama are just going to keep getting these quarterbacks and developing these quarterbacks. That's the other thing, too. I, right? I think that's a good like, point of, like, I, I don't – like, it used to be, like – I feel like it used to be just gravy to have an elite quarterback in college football. Like, you could win without one. And if yeah. you had one, it, it, it means you're the one of the top teams in the country. But I think that's a good point. Now it looks like you need to have one, which, I mean, it's yeah, football. I mean, of course look- you do. But, it, yeah, no, I think you're right. That's a good point. Use use Alabama as the example. Yeah. They were winning national championships before you needed to have an elite quarterback by playing elite defense, running the ball, and having a veteran quarterback who didn't really make mistakes and was just like a top-end game manager. Yeah. Fast forward to now, Alabama is one of the most explosive passing attacks in the country every year. They went from, like, I mean, they had Jalen Hurts, who, say what you will about him, he was an elite college quarterback, mm-hmm. to Tua, who's obviously a first-round quarterback, to now Mac Jones, who he isn't Tua, but he is one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the country, Pretty, I think pretty clearly. Um, and yeah, it just goes to show like Georgia is the best, the best example of the other side of it that where they're, they're getting number one class after number one class I think they have the most five stars on their roster in the country, but quarterback's been their big hole and they lose the, the largest, the largest outdoor cocktail party to Florida and never really felt like they were in it because Stetson Bennett wasn't very good. Then got hurt and Dewan Mathis is, I don't know what Dewan Mathis is, but he's not a starting quarterback in the SEC. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, sucks for Georgia because they've had the the big quarterback recruits, but uh, they uh, they leave. So, <laughs> anyways, more on DJ though. Point being, like he is, he we got to see two games, two starts for him. He led two comebacks, fell a little bit short in double overtime to Notre Dame in the second one, obviously. But like he's gonna be a Heisman favorite next year. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, and I mean, like. <laughs> It's it's kind of crazy that we can watch two games with guy and say he's 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 got a good chance of being the first overall pick and he's like it's kind of like you can see a guy and it's like we can guarantee he's going to be a top fifteen pick you know what I mean just because of the right, well it, he he's also doing it with probably Clemson's 
weakest supporting like, class in a while. Yeah. yeah, like wide receiver wise, yeah. like it, it's obviously a good college group, but it's it's like this is the first time they haven't had like an absolute dude. Uh, a, a out top thirty three draft a wide receiver. Yeah. Well, I mean, last year it was T. Higgins and Justin Ross, and this year it's just a Murray Rogers. I mean, more on my boy Cornell Powell the, later, the, the but King. yeah, 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 but like. Cornell Powell's more like a Sharon peak of Clemson receivers. <laughs> nice you like that? I was thinking about that all last night. <laughs> Wrote that down. But uh, yeah, point being, uh, uh, how many years away? 2023? Like yeah. DJ's going to, I mean, we're so quarterback rich in college football right now, which That's is true. hilarious when you see schools that are supposed to be elite like Georgia like Michigan, Joe and, Milton. And they still can't figure out the quarterback. Yeah, Joe Milton's terrible. <laughs> Joe Joe Milton's just Juan Mathis playing in the Big Ten. Whoa, three three hundred fifty uh, yards, man! Come on, they both have massive. Yeah, Juan Mathis also has a huge arm. Um, uh, okay, do you have any other best freshmen? Like he, DJ Uyangalule. Look, I did it again. Um, was I think pretty clearly the best freshman? Uh, yeah. But do you have anybody else that stood out? Yeah, let's do some more quick hitters. That was a lot of DJ talk. Uh, your guy at Texas, Beyond Robinson, baby, had a monster game there. Yeah, that's that's my other one. Outside of the fumble. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's a, so much fun to watch. He's big too. Actually, yeah, very much so. Speaking of fun and speaking of big, Chip Trainer in Arizona State is my new favorite <laughs> running back in the country. I think 5'11", 230, had the two big touchdown runs for Arizona State. Uh, he, he's a ton of fun, no pun intended. I, I thought he was awesome. Um. <laughs> what, what, about the, what about the freshman receivers, 6'7", that they just kept throwing to? Yeah, sick. Arizona State is awesome. I'm, I mean, it was a great I game. Love them. I'm, I'm, I'm sad they lost, though. Me, me, oh, me too. There, I, I don't know. I just There's something about seeing Herm and Marvin on the sideline that just makes me happy. Uh, you want two more quick ones? How about, how about, how about Baby Gronk himself, Michael Mayer? 6'5", 235. He looks more filled out than that already, though. I thought he was he was dynamic for Notre Dame. Um, he, he like I know they talk him up like crazy, but he, he looks like he's going to be a first-round conversation tight end. And uh, lastly, because he was my one of, another one of my favorite players on this week, how about Central Michigan's Daniel Richardson, baby? He's 5'10", 205, <laughs> playing quarterback. He looks like he's 225, and he balled out, baby. Um. You, you know what was so great about him, other than his aesthetic, <laughs> is that we lose our king, Mike Glass. Yeah, he's Mike Glass 2.0, baby. And he's Mike Glass, and just at a different Michigan school. There is legit... A lot of fun quarterbacks in the Mac. I know, and, and like we lose Nathan Rourke, but guess what? His little brother exists. And uh, oh my god, I, what's the other quarterback there? His name, the the UNLV transfer. He's, he's actually oh, really he, fun too. I wish he was at a school that didn't have Nathan Rourke's I know. brother, so we could see him play more. I know, I know, I agree. But uh, yeah, the Mac. Oh god, having I think like as wild as this year has been. It's the little things that matter. Knowing that this Tuesday and this Wednesday, (laughs) we've got three Mac games on each day. Like knowing that after a long days of work, we can come home and just throw on the Mac and just it's. I mean, we had a power outage. We had misspelled name. Like we had everything. Oh yeah, that's his name, Rogers. Thank you because it was misspelled. (laughs) Yes, Um, Amani Rogers. Yeah, yeah, right. No, Um, no but yeah, I mean Central Michigan. 
But uh, even though this show's a little off the rails, who's your number one Mac team right now? Ohio team. Uh, sorry, my number one Mac team? Yeah. I'm going to say it's UB after one week. I think they have the most, like, actual... Like, their offensive line has got legit NFL talent. They got legit NFL edge rushers. Buffalo's got the most put-together roster in the MAC. Yeah, I think so. And I'm going to pick the UB game later, so we'll, we'll talk a little more. <sighs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Okay, I'll jump into best sophomore, and, I mean, the the, the clear guy, AJ, is your boy, yes. Carson Strong. Okay. The Nevada quarterback who on Thursday, they went down 9 nothing to Utah State. For a second there, I said to myself, Gary Anderson, you son of a bitch. <laughs> You're going to wreck my Thursday. And then guess what? Carson Strong, Romeo Dubes, the boys went off. And they uh, wrecked. Strong threw for over 400 yards and three touchdowns. Got Gary Anderson yeah. fired, who I despise, and I'm so happy. For the record, Gary Anderson said players players who opt out this season will be kicked off the Utah State roster. Well, guess what, Gary? You got kicked off the Utah State roster. That's what's up. Gary's listening, by the way, so these are strong words. <laughs> he's a loyal listener. <laughs> uh, yeah, Carson, I mean, hey, he's he's a dude, Rob. Uh, watch, him, watch him for next year, man. Yeah, like you said, over 40 he, yards. He's got a... Wicked arm, yeah, right? yeah, big time. And he's he's well built. He's, I mean, I like I said, I've been talking about him for a year now. Caught my eye last year, and he's he's everything's there for him. Um, I gotta, I'll just go to my top guy. I think the top guy this week was Kyron Williams for Notre Dame. Who, I mean, who, the best player on the offense? Yeah, go ahead. Maybe at the end of the year we do like our awards, and he's a guy who would be strongly considered for sophomore of the year. Yeah, exactly. Another another hundred forty yards, three touchdowns, was punching into the end zone in overtime. And I I know it was highlighted a lot on the broadcast by Tony Dungy and Mike Tirico um, about his blitz pickups. But I mean, yes. fuck, that was impressive. Like the, the pass pro was insane. I thought it was kind of cool that they highlighted it, but like. Uh, even you know which one they didn't talk about, which I think was the best one on the on the big pass play to get them down to the goal line to tie the game at the end of a uh, regulation. Uh, he picked up the blitzer and fucking buried him, buried he, him. Okay, he, he that that that's the thing. Like it's not th- that he just from an IQ standpoint understands where the blitz is coming from and how to get. He's looking to kill people. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like like you said, like he, he feels like he's always knows where the blitz is coming from. He's stepping up. Um, a lot of a lot of chop blocks and like getting full pieces of guys, which is you know exactly what you want to see, and yeah, that play just absolutely right. I absolutely love him. He and like generally, I think most people who aren't Notre Dame fans dislike Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Um, he makes me really enjoy watching them in that offensive line. Yeah, like I said, I said it three four weeks. It was like my favorite offensive player at Notre Dame or player period probably since Golden Tate. Um, him and Kyle Hamilton, love Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, no Hamilton. Um, uh, I'll I'll go with uh, I'll, I'll jump over to the Pac-12 and uh, talk Drake London. Yes. Um, the the big big wide receiver tight end hybrid for USC London had eight Tower, catches for hundred. Hell yeah, eight catches, one hundred twenty five yards, and a score against Arizona State. Um, that score won the game. Yep. He 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 just looked like such a mismatch. Filling in almost as like the Michael exactly. Pittman yeah, exactly. for that offense, obviously with him off to the NFL, and there was a lot of hype around London entering the year. He had over 500 yards as a freshman, big recruit. Um, USC struggled, but down down the stretch there, the the sophomore 
hookup between him and Caden Slovis was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, Slovis just felt like he had to shake the rust off a bit, I guess, and it was up and down. But when the highs were high, they were they were big time, man. Um, yeah, and I, I put London here. Uh, one one kind of quick one going to that Friday game against uh, the, the Miami North Carolina State game. Just because we watched it, we got to talk about it. Uh, how about the, how about the running back for North Carolina State that Andre Ware called Frank Gore baby Van Knight, who who didn't do too like too much on the ground at, at like forty five yards in a touchdown, but also had a massive kick return touchdown. And yeah. I'm at the point now where I just listen to Andre Ware if he says someone's Frank Gore or Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, they are Frank Gore or Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I had to put him down because he the hey the traits are there and he, he keeps telling me that he's going to play on Sunday. So thank you, Andre. He. He every time I watch an NC State game, he looks like uh, a back who will play on NFL Sundays. Like like Andre. I Sands, remember watching. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I remember watching. I watched them a, a few times as a loyal NC State fan. I, I think back. I watched them against Wake, Wake and Vatek, and in both of those games, he was their best, um, their best playmaker outside of uh, my boy Ameka um, at receiver. Yeah. Um, okay, my final one is who will probably be here most weeks. Garrett Wilson mm-hmm. got banged up at the end of the game against Rutgers, but he is just so explosive, and he looks like he's gonna be first round pick. And we say that every week. So what? One more, uh, or I can do two more. Two oh, quarterbacks. How about Michael Penix oh Jr., who tore up Michigan? Uh, interesting. It'll be interesting to watch. And uh, your boy Tyler Shug. I can't believe we didn't mention him for first game for Oregon. Who looked kind of fun. <laughs> Um, he, he just, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, AJ. Wow, I thought you'd be excited yeah. about Shug. That's how you say his name, right? I think. I don't know. You said it out loud. I was, that's why I didn't put him. I didn't want to say that's, it out loud. That's a good call. I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, I had the broadcast muted, but I heard it once. Okay, my weekday warrior is Derek King. Correct. Uh, he threw for 430 and five scores, ran for 100 against NC State. Carried a limping Miami team to a 44-41 victory. Um, their defense was not good. Derek King had, I think it was like the best passing performance of his career pretty clearly. Um, yeah. A bunch of downfield throws just on the money. Kind of out of nowhere, right? Because like they've been struggling to, to do those things. I mean. In the, and it was without Brevin Jordan. Yep. Yeah. And it was to these bum wide receivers who have been an issue all year for that offense. Yeah. And he, he like, they weren't running the ball at the running backs all that well either. It was just the Derek King show and a reminder that he is such a freaky talent. I don't know how it's going to play out with him as a prospect. I, yeah, um, I, I literally have no idea. Like, it's, but like it, if he's 5'8", the NFL is going to freak out. So that'll be tough. But he's just so athletic and he has so much arm talent. Yeah, for sure, and I, I like you like we were talking about. It's kind of like the first time this year that the the deep passing game came together for King. Like early in the year, we thought it was like okay, no chemistry for the receivers, and then we realized the receivers are not good. Um, but but no, it, it was it was really impressive, and like you said, pro- probably the best passing game of his career, and at least the best passing game in two years for him. And then another hundred yards on the ground. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where the evaluations are going to go with him, um, but regardless, I, I'm glad he's. He's stepping up the passing game. Like he's been fun all year, but now he's just ripping it. It was a great game. Yeah, um, and on the other side, uh, their one defensive guy who really did stand out to me was Jalen Phillips. Yeah, agreed. He uh, he's just nonstop. He had a pass breakup. He had a sack. Mm-hmm. 
he was uh, a big part of the reason NC State didn't like rip them with the run game. He is, I don't know, this edge class, I mean, I, I say this about like every position group every week, but the edge class is really deep and it's, uh, there's still nobody who's at this point, I think, solidified themselves as the top dog and he's certainly in the race and yeah uh it's gonna be a really fun offseason evaluating all of these a lot of these position groups i know i feel like there's still a lot of murkiness but i guess that's you know we got a couple conferences that only played two or three games right you know so like, yeah it's yeah we still got a long way to go even though it's mid-november all right who's your best prospect this week hey i only watched the first quarter of this game but i'm still gonna put justin fields here because more touchdowns than interceptions, Rob. That's all I gotta say in this game and now on the. Hey, you mean you mean you mean incompletions? Oh, and interceptions. Am I wrong? No. Um. Yeah, incomplete. I wrote incompletions. I don't know why I said interceptions. Uh, it, it's getting ridiculous at this point. I mean, I mean, it's your boy. You you can wax poetic, but like, what? Well, like I you, watched the whole game. Rutgers is way better than Ohio State in the second half. <laughs> what? The, what was the like? What they win the second half like twenty four fourteen or is that? Was no, that it was I, I think they won I think it was more than that or go, better go than, I, I don't know go Rockers yeah Rucker, Rutgers is so chaotic um I, th- I th- it, it, like it was they had an offensive line touchdown they had a huge pun return cr- throwback across the field touchdown that was a hell of a um, throw by the way I think Rutgers is the third best team in, or fourth best team in the Big Ten Northwestern Indiana still a little better <laughs> but uh yeah, Justin, Justin Fields was incredible again. He, I think his best throw came off um, a play-action deep shot down the left side where they had like Chris Olave kind of run uh, a bit of a, a wheel, and he put it back shoulder, just in the – like back shoulder on the hip away from both the safety and the corner he had to step on. It was just a money ball. Um, the, the Williamson couple, touchdown was like – Yeah. It was the, a well, nice throw. The Williamson throw. touchdown – Yeah. But it was easy. But it was easy. But yeah, but you know, like it's things like that that Justin Fields makes look easy. Like it's not like I mean it was an easy throw, but it but still. He, I mean he did have about fifteen yards on. I, the I I know, but he put it on him. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a couple deep balls like that. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Um, on, on uh, bootlegs in, uh, just on crossing routes to to Olave on short stuff and, and you see, he always spreads the ball around a lot um he looks so much better this year with his yeah. overall accuracy on each level and his footwork I think is a lot better too and just everything seems so much more consistent I mean like you said he's thrown more touchdowns than he has incompletions and interceptions it, and, and interceptions he had six touchdowns against the vaunted Rutgers defense <laughs> um Rutgers also plays two quarterbacks, one wears zero and one wears yeah. 21. Just pure chaos. It's the best. I'm getting to the point now where I kind of feel like I, I don't act. Like it's a weird thing to say, but it, it sucks that Justin Fields isn't going to be a first overall pick. How do you know that? Oh. Ho, ho. That's okay. what's up. That's what's up. Okay. I mean, it, it's like he is – Justin Fields is closer to Trevor Lawrence than anyone is to Justin Fields. Well, except Andre where says Zach Wilson's better and Kyle Trask's better. But yeah, see, that, I don't even want to. But yeah, that was that was the most egregious thing about that graphic was that. Just, I I, I think the conf, the confusion of the people who are like, well, now look at it, look at it. Zach Wilson. He's Andre Ware was right. Stop being a dick. No, the, I think most people's issue was that Kyle Trask <laughs> was listed above Justin Fields. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Zach Wilson, I also put him under best prospect because in his biggest game of the season on Friday night. Yeah. 
against Boise State. Uh, he threw for 359, had three total scores, was as Zach Wilson as he ever is. And I know Boise State, like, they, they lost Jack Sears early and never felt like they were in the game. But it's like it's not like their defense lost the best player on it. No. He, uh, and, and he still made it look like a high school defense. Um, it's a couple just obnoxious plays. The, 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 I mean, his best play of the game might have been on that one incompletion where he broke the tackle and kind of uh, rolled out and made another guy miss and then th- threw it uh, to the, on the right sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up falling incomplete, but it was just the fact that he could do that was insane. And then the the, the Dax Milne pluck it off the grass one where he, he rolled out. That th- yeah. That throw was ridiculous. Just, and it's like it's happening multiple t- – like these types of plays happen multiple times a game with him where it's like, no, that's just Zach Wilson like – Maybe three weeks ago, I'd be like, "Holy fuck!" But now it's just you're used to it with him, and that, that's yeah. the, I think the craziest thing. And just ah. these cross field throws, and uh, it's it's wild. I I like, I it's stupid early, but I mean, he's gonna be a top ten pick. I agree, and that that's that's why I, I put him straight up the board. But like, best prospect is very fair. Like, <clears throat> I yeah, it went like I don't know what was it a week ago, two weeks ago, where I'm like, okay, he's a first round pick, and now this is like, okay, he's a top. 10 pick and i'm not comping them to each other but like it feels very joe burrow-esque right now because like like you said it's just zach wilson and those those throws are just like it's a lot of those throws where he just has awesome chemistry with his wide receivers and and that, that's kind of where it bit him last week on the pick where it was like i, I think one of the first couple of throws of the game where it was just back shoulder perfect timing and it kind of bit him last week and i i think it's kind of just a lot that he's just so zoned in with those guys right now and plus his arm is awesome and plus, he's making all these plays on the move and off platform, and um, yeah, and and yeah, and the rise like Joe Burrow from a guy that was like, you know, maybe we watch him to like a day three pick, and now he's he's going top ten. So, uh, you you said it, I'm going to disagree with you about his arm being awesome. I think it's fine, and I think it's enough, but I think that's going to be one of the things that separates him and Trey Lance's. Trey Lance's physical tools are better than Zach Wilson's. Fair enough. I, I I think I've seen enough big boy throws. He he like he has an average arm. Like he doesn't have a below average arm or anything. He's not yeah. Kyle Trask. But I, I don't think like <laughs> like his arm isn't Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance level. No no no. That, that that's fair. It's and, like he's got that Baker Mayfield arm. Yeah, fair enough. And you know I've kind of always been in the the arm arm strength is overrated camp anyway. So. Yeah, I'm just saying it's not an elite arm. No, no, fair enough. But I mean, yeah, when you see the the off platform throws, it just like yeah, it makes me not worried about the arm strength. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Joe Joe Burrow's got yeah. the baby gun. Um, <laughs> the, I, I, obviously, like that Boise State game didn't end up being like anything for BYU. So at this point, like it's just the San Diego State game that's left. Yeah. And I think they've got a better defense than Boise State. San Diego State's always got a great defense. So that'll be interesting. But I really hope somehow BYU and Cincinnati play, which is still like there's murmurs that it's possible. So and uh, I think we need it. Notre Dame beating Clemson is bad for BYU's hypothetical playoff hopes too, which kind of sucks. Yeah, like Cincinnati and BYU need that game. Yeah. No, they do. I, I mean, it'd be. I mean, this year they're obviously just scheduling in and out, and it's just a wild year. So just uh, make it happen, baby. Uh, my final best prospect because I didn't want to just go with two quarterbacks. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he 
they gave up 40 points, but he was such a game changer. Yeah. Uh, he obviously had the touchdown on, on the um, off the Travis Etienne oopsies. Um, had a couple tackles for loss, just all over the field. Had this the forced fumble on uh, the receiver. He and, and I've seen who was it against. Earlier in the season, he had it felt like the exact same play where he forced the fumble in the exact same way. Um, but he's gonna be a first round pick. It's gonna be weird, especially with how the Isaiah Simmons thing is playing out. If yeah. the like he has a more defined role than I think Isaiah Simmons did at Clemson, for sure, which will help. But I wonder if he'll be viewed as a safety, if he'll be viewed as a linebacker, or if he'll be viewed specifically as a nickel defender, which is. Like, in that overhang role at Notre Dame where he mainly plays, um, he's going to be a really fun one. This linebacker class, I, I, it's shaping up to be incredible. Yeah. Got, got a call for the P.I. On, on Hunter Renfro Jr., but, like, I always, <laughs> always hate those the back half P.I.s where, like, you make the play on the on the ball, but, like, your arm's wrapped a little bit. Some of those are always so ticky. Yeah. I thought this one was a little ticky. Um, it's because you're a former DB like me. Yeah, exactly. And uh, one more, one more play I want to highlight is uh, to start double OT. He's he blitzed and forced the. I think he got credit for half the sack, but forced the the sack on DJ to start double OT. And I, that that blitz was awesome. Kind of just ducked the guard. And that kind it. of set and that set the tone for the. It just. I mean, after that, it felt like Clemson was exactly. And I mean, of, to roll on, not my not my top shooting up the board guy but i thought dalen hayes had a big game and the very next play was that uh that big bear sack they got the, got the quote yeah. from J- jalen smith for rob so congrats on that but he's, he's had a really uh he said dalen hayes had a really good year too so i think he's done a lot for his stock and this is kind of like the highlight play uh the highlight game and he had the big highlight play to, to end it so he's one of my shooting up the boards uh i we kind of named a couple of mine in best prospect who's, who's your top shooting up the board um, my, my top one, I, I might have to go with, um, just Liam Eichenberg again, okay. who I've, yeah. I think I've put here a couple times just because, I mean, it really felt like to, to me, I didn't enter that game thinking Clemson could win or thinking, sorry, Notre Dame could win. And then immediately Kyron Williams pops off that touchdown run. And that was a like, that offensive line just gave him the perfect hole. Eichenberg working and to the second level on the linebacker. On that yeah, line. he he made the key block to spring it. Yeah, and he's just been so much better than I expected this year. No, nope, for sure. I mean, he went from I think being a potential day two guy. Some people thought maybe a guard. I think we were both a little all over the map with him over the last two years. Yeah, and he's he looks like a like a potentially the second tackle off the board because we still it's still murky as hell for the tackles man uh, i think we've talked about this every week but yeah I, I, liam meikenberg's been consistently the best of the group right and i think he's done more for himself he, than anyone he like to me he's got a strong chance uh to win is it the outland that's the yep. tackle of the year yeah uh, to, to win the outland yeah, well, uh, that makes sense. I mean, like, just like in terms team. of, yeah, their playoff team, their offensive line has been the best. In the as in, yeah, like I think to to me the most the two most dominant offensive lines against their competition have been Notre Dame and BYU. Definitely, definitely. But I mean, which which take, BYU, takes no one's me to win my that next game. Yeah. 
Sorry, I, I, exactly. But that takes me to my next guy, Brady Christensen, their mm-hmm. left tackle. Yeah. Who I think, I want to say like week one, you were talking up their offensive line. Yep. Or, or whenever, whenever their week one was. Yeah, week zero, um, whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you were talking up their offensive line, and he's the best one on it. He's got NFL size. And against Boise State, he's just crushing people, and it just mm-hmm. didn't look very hard for him. Um, yeah, he he's another guy who look, like looks like he could be a day two tackle. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I think I think in the summer we both kind of like thought he was interesting, but I, I don't I don't think it was just all there. And, and now it looks like it looks great. And obviously the whole group around him is great. Like, hey, one of our guys in the summer actually, James M. Pace had a good had a good season at that's center there. Um, but, I was no, way too low on Christensen in the summer. Yeah, no, we both were definitely, definitely. Um, and, sh- and can I just can I name one more BYU guy? Please, Kyrus Tonga. Yeah, the okay. man. Yeah, for sure. Blocked a punt, had the forced fumble on a little chase down. Yeah, just swallowed up any inside run. I, like I put him for a you play don't the draft box I I thought about putting him there too. Like. Be, because obviously the the force fumble and the pump block were huge, but like in terms of what he was doing, like in base, like as a as a run defender, where yep. he's not like putting up numbers, but he's the reason you can't run on them. Um, he just controls the line of scrimmage every week, and if you're looking for a nose tackle, like this is the dude in this class. I Definitely, think, right? like, you, you know, you know how I feel about nose tackles. I'm usually like, all right, maybe wait until the fifth round to kind of fucking draft him. I love Kyrostanga. Kyrostanga is is awesome, and it's every week out of him, man. And I, I think it's kind of more exciting because, like, you, you know, like the other big pr- no style prospects are usually like high recruits, and like they're at big programs, and the media talks about them, but you never hear Kyrostanga's name from anyone outside of like some draft people, right? So I think that's Andre Ware. Yeah, I, well, pff, he's the best at what he does, Rob. He knows everyone, and he knows who's good. He's the best. Um, but Tom, I, I'm, I'm really, really loving Kyrus Tonga this year. And like you said, he's just like he's constantly stuffing the run. He's constantly like, like even like in pass pro, like he, he probably doesn't need double teams, but they, they, they give it to him. So that's eating up two blocks and pass in the pass rush is huge. And then, like you said, he, he always feels like he's making big plays and like a, a great motor. He's all over the field. Um, like you said, I think he's the dude at nose tackle and, uh, he probably, probably goes up. Above where no tackle should go. <laughs> yeah, like he he to me like if you're looking for how what what round did uh, Lucky Fotu won? I think the fourth round last year, right? Yeah, like one fifteen ish, if I remember correctly. Like Tonga Tonga's in that same range. Yeah, I think he might be better than it, I know. Actually, this well, yeah, one fourteen. Um, and with this interior defensive line class, that might mean higher for him because yeah. just again. There's this this interior defensive line class looks like one of the weaker groups in the class. Yes, no, that's a good point. Like, like it would not shock me to see him between eighty five and and uh, Lucky Foti range. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, who who do you have uh, shooting up the board? Uh, let's start. How about how about I think another guy we didn't like too much in the summer, Merlin Robertson from uh, from Arizona yep. State. Six three two fifty uh, linebacker who had a massive game, ten tackles, uh, the huge TFL on fourth down on the goal line to stop USC, and then the great interception to to on a just a great play on the ball there. Like I thought that was a hell of a game. Um, the Arizona State defense was great until the end of the game, 
<laughs> I definitely think he, he kind of caught my eye the most, especially from guys that we, we watched in the summer. Um, that That's pretty impressive, though, and it's a 6'3", guy, and he's, he's making interceptions. And I, I don't... I didn't really feel it from him, and I know. Remember, there was a lot of like fans of his in the summer, and I think we both kind of were like, eh, "I don't well, know about him." There, there's a lot of hype with him just within that program. Like they, they yeah. love him. Um, but yeah, he, he, that I think that like you mentioned the interception that really stood out, and just how quickly he got downhill on that fourth down stop. Mm-hmm. He flies around, and he he's well built. Like he yes. is, he's got weight to him. He's got height to him. Yep. Um. And he, he he's moving pretty damn well. Uh. For a linebacker of that size. Um. I'm. I. There's way too much quarterback talk on the show already, but I'm just gonna quickly throw out Desmond Ritter, yeah. who I don't think I don't think he's gonna come out this year. Um. But he's definitely got to watch for next year. Just the overall athleticism is the thing we talk about every week. His ability as a, as a runner. And you don't always see it with him as a passer. And, like, he wasn't great as a passer against Houston. He used his legs to be the absolute game changer and blow mm-hmm. them out. But, like, one maybe one more year. And if he can clean up some of his accuracy and his, like, like his touch and decision making. Because he has the arm talent. He does, yeah. He like he's just very very interesting. I think one more year of development there would be huge for him. Um, but like if he did come out, I, I th- like he's a top ten quarterback in the class just based on the physical tools. No, uh, def- definitely. I I put him here too. Um, the running ability. Like, I I didn't think he was so explosive last year, and now it's like every game he's like having a hundred yards and multiple touchdowns, and breaking off big runs. Uh. Like you said, the the arm talent is all there, and I said it to you yesterday that the the cap comp kind of popped into my head, and uh, obviously Kaepernick was pretty successful throwing the ball in his career at Nevada, but um, did most of his damage on the ground. Kind of built the same, uh, I think, kind of similar arm to be honest, kind of a similar motion. But anyways, uh, definitely. I put like him, that. I like that comp. Yeah, just popped. You know what? It popped in my head when he had that uh, the QB sweep touchdown. <laughs> anyways. Uh, while we're at, while we're in Cincy, I put his running back Jared Dokes too, who's who's Desmond Ritter's Vitawa baby. He's six foot two thirty, and I guess he's been behind uh Michael Warren, but one hundred eighty four yards and a touchdown in this one, breaking off big runs at that size. I, I felt like I felt like the week of the big back Isaiah Spiller. We didn't talk about him, but also had a massive game. Um, felt like the week of the bigger running backs, and kind of kind of got my juices flowing, Rob. I, I had fun there. I'm gonna name two more guys, two corners whose teams ended up losing. But I think I think uh, we got the same here. Go ahead, Eric Stokes from Georgia and Darian Kendrick from Clemson. Okay, I I, I put Stokes. Kendrick is interesting. I his stock is kind of like I, I, he's been like a quiet riser this year. It feels like he well he he's a former I think five star who originally was a receiver at yep. Clemson he was an athlete coming out and I think he was originally a receiver he made makes the shift to corner and like he is so clearly athletic and smooth and has great ball skills but he's still learning the position you can kind of see that and you you can see um like maybe not the greatest tackler in the world but mm-hmm. like he is he's a guy who it's a it's, it's a, a fun corner class but i i still don't think anyone's really solidified themselves as that third corner off the board yeah and and you're you're seeing guys with like uh like eric stokes has been awesome all season he's overshadowed a bit by tyson campbell um 
and he obviously had that great play on the pick six in this game. And then there's a guy like Darren Kendrick who's just so athletic and like all the tools are there for that upside. But obviously, um, he's still developing. And uh, I don't know, both both of them I thought played really really good games when maybe not everybody around them was. No, that's a good point. And Stokes feels like he's going to be that corner to covet in like the second round. Yeah, he he just feels pro ready. That's kind of the vibe I get with him. Yeah, no, that's that's a good like point. high high floor. Yeah, yeah, and for like sure. you see Tyson Campbell opposite him, you're like Tyson Campbell just looks like that prototype first round corner, and he's so smooth and physical and athletic, and you love it. But Stokes is also quite long. He's showing really great eyes. Yeah, uh, I think, and, and it, he this is like his third really good performance this year uh when i've been watching georgia for sure uh you got anyone else here no do you have anybody no no we hit it and let's let's move in uh, sliding on the board i was not impressed by tyson campbell's performance and i mean like how much is he gonna really slide but i, I think he's just like like well we saw the kyle pitts touch and i think he's like struggling at the cash point and like uh, he looks the part like you just said everything looks perfect but like Struggling at the catch point, and the ball skills seem to be, like, inconsistent at times. Uh, I, I don't know how much it's really going to hurt him because he's ha- he's been really good this year, and he's been – like, he's got all the tools. But uh, was not an impressive performance, I, I don't think, against Florida. I Part of it, like, I don't – like, he – the – Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts. Like, that's yeah. tough. Yep. But also you have to think about it is that's that's – Two guys who are supposed to be first round picks. Yep. And he 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 obviously got called on pass interference. Then Kyle Pitts made an insane play. Yep. Um. But then the Trevon Grimes one. Exactly. It felt like he was he was he was there. But he didn't. He That's... couldn't disrupt the catch point. Exactly. Trevon Grimes did make a really great play, but um, these there's still inconsistencies with Tyson Campbell. I mean, like we we jump back to that Auburn game and he just shut down Seth Williams. Mm-hmm. And you get really excited there, but. Uh, that's why I said like nobody has clearly solidified themselves as that third corner after um, uh, Sertain of, uh, killed Fairly this year. Yeah, no, that that's yeah. I think you're definitely right. Um, uh, who's your who's can, your top? Can star? I can I, I'm I'm just gonna transition um to to a corner who he's not my top slider, but I just want to point this out. Sean Wade again mm-hmm. against Rutgers. Like he's not having the year he's supposed to have. Like yep. was he terrible? No, like. The Penn State game was worse, but even at the end when Rutgers was still gunning to put up points, even though it was over, like he he uh, got dunked on by a tight end for a touchdown, and really <laughs> just the continued problems disrupting the catch point, which we saw the week before against Jahan Dotson, and uh, the instincts are a little questionable uh, in coverage. Um, he it's just been a tough transition to the outside, and you're you're. Maybe he's not that definite first round corner. That's again a, yeah. a guy who's also competing to be that third corner off the board after he, he showed so much promise as a nickel last year. Yeah, no, de- definitely. And now, like, I wonder if the NFL is going to view him as an inside corner. Well, there's even talk um, about safety. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, we'll sense. see. We'll see. Uh, I I put another guy like who's a a big name. Like I, I thought I put Jackson Carmen. Like he wasn't. That yeah, he's bad. he's on mine. Yeah, but he just he's but not he, impressing me at all. No, he's. Yeah. But when you look at it in terms of 
Like, is this guy this? You can see why he yeah. would be a draftable tackle, but when there was a first round hype around him, he does not play like that. He no. is like, especially the 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 sack you mentioned the Dylan Hayes sack, yeah. but the one before that, he just got goofed by. I'm not going to be able to say the Notre Dame pass rusher's name, but. He got killed on that. He oversets a lot of the time because I think he's not the greatest athlete in the world, so he'll overset outside mm-hmm. uh, to try and beat speed, and then you just counter inside, and that's how you beat him. Um, but I think he's a guard. I think you're probably right, yeah. But even, like, I, I know the first round talk is kind of faded, but there's still, like, still day two talk a lot, but... No, well, yeah, because he was a big recruit, and he's at Clemson. He's like, like Clemson doesn't get big recruits on the offensive line generally, so I think that's why there's some extra buzz around his name. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, <laughs> who else do you have sliding? How, how, do you have a long list this week? Uh, I have a couple. Why? Do you have a long list? No, no, my list is pretty short. Like, so let me hear yours. Okay, uh, USC safety Telanoa Hafunga. I thought he looked not like a top safety prospect against Arizona State. Like. The the you love him because he plays so aggressive yeah. and he he looks to kill people. Um, but on that big Arizona State, uh, what was it, Rashad White kind of like swing yep. pass touchdown. He had he had White right there for a TFL, and White just put a little wiggle on him and and blew by him. And I I so I it's just the athleticism concerns, which like he he's a really physical box safety, and you you love the the killer hits but i thought he struggled in coverage he struggled like he struggled the open field tackling that um, whole usc defense could not tackle no <laughs> no like it, it looked so easy for arizona state's like yak guys and they were without their best wide receiver in frank darby um and hafanga's also got the shoulder history and i think i've some people don't think the safety cost is that good i think it's really deep i don't know if there's a like definite top dude but Mm-hmm. In, in a deep class, I think Hafanga is maybe a little more limited in his skill set uh, than some people think. No, that that's that's fair. And I, I I don't think either of us were big on him in the summer, but you're you're right with like the hype. Um, can I can I stay in the Pac-12 and give you a big one here, Rob? Please. How about Jet Toner going over for Stanford? <laughs> Yo, that first kick was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, this is a. Okay, for, first of all, I mean, Jet Toner is a name at kicker, so I'm sure the, he was on the NFL radar. So this this brutal, brutal game at Oregon, I think he actually probably did slide down the board. And uh, while we're here at kicker talk, uh, Borregalis keeps being great. Uh, the, the BYU kicker hasn't missed a kick this year, hitting over 50 yarders. That's one to watch. This is this is just quick. This is my kicker corner, Rob. Yeah, you uh, have. I, I, I've muted you. Do what you must. <laughs> I don't know the Florida kicker's name, but he's pretty good. And then kind of fell apart. But anyways, uh, ton, Toner was Toner was bad, and this kind of kind of ended it all for him, Rob. In my opinion. Okay. Okay. I didn't know he was like that. He mattered, but good Everyone to know. Matters. Thanks, AJ. Thank you. Uh, I I'll jump. You mentioned a Georgia defender earlier. I'll mention another Monty Rice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Against Florida. And I know he was playing banged up, yeah. But they really like a lot. Once Pitts was out, a lot of that offense was the free releases to the running backs, just dink and dunk, picking up stuff or beating them on wheels. Um, and, and they like he he's supposed to be the the kind of the quarterback of that defense. And I know they were without Richard LeCount too, which really hurt. Mm-hmm. But he 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 seems kind of all over the place. Um, and, and as a run defender, his run fits were not great, and he was. 
he he was uh, out of place a lot. I, I and again I mentioned earlier really strong linebacker class. He's he's a guy who I like, but I don't know if he can he, be a day two pick. You can say a lot of the same things about Ventrell Miller, who was across from him, and like less mm. of a name than Monty Rice, but a guy I I liked a lot early in the season. I thought okay, this could be a, a riser, dude. And uh, he's kind of gone silent the last couple of weeks and struggled too. And I think I I think he's it's kind of funny that Rice and Miller were both in this game. And I think you can say a lot of the same things about both of them. Um, and I will give you oh quickly Trey Sermon. Um, I he I think is not well. He got banged up on his final run. Yeah. He had a big thirty six year garbage time carry, but before that he was super ineffective. And Master Teague, who hasn't been great, has been more effective than him. So I think Trey Sermon's kind of gonna fall yeah. to the side. Um, but Pac twelve after dark. How about Hamilcar Rashad Jr., uh, the Oregon State pass rusher, who took on the Washington State strong tackle pair mm. uh in uh abraham lucas and liam ryan and he couldn't do anything who if, if i remember correctly you, you didn't like rashid in the summer right i do like him oh okay oh you didn't like Tryon, right 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 um yes correct yeah no i i, I didn't stay up to, to watch this game but no that that's it that's interesting um there, the, it, washington got, state washington's Washington State looks really uh, fun, even though Nick Rolovich is a questionable person. Yeah, but like he's he's fun on the field. I think at least his his quarterback's a, a a kid from Hawaii who went to the same school as Tua and Marcus Mariota. Uh, yeah, um, I forget his name, but yeah, he's he was a he was like a four star recruit if I remember correctly, wasn't he? Yeah, he he, he was wicked, but yeah, Rashad Hamilcar Rashad like really struggled against mm-hmm. uh, them, and Abraham Lucas looked really good, um, but. He's a guy who won a lot last year with his athleticism and motor, and you need to see him develop more pass yeah. rush moves. And that yeah. kind of came up in this game against again Lucas, one of the best pass protectors in the class, and that was so noticeable in this one. Watching uh, Lucas okay, who's your stock? Sorry, quick is going to be really interesting this year. Yeah, for sure. Who's your out of nowhere prospect? I have four receivers. I'll do them quick. Holy f- First of all, Cornell Powell is my top guy from Clemson. Yeah, I also have him. I thought it was funny on, on Twitter, people saying, like, oh, this is the next great Clemson receiver, and then realizing he's a redshirt uh, senior. But anyways. Yes. At six foot two ten, he's kind of got that uh, running back build, and he's he's got that running back power after the catch. Yeah, it was awesome game. Like, it felt like every time he's touching the ball, he's breaking a couple tackles, just carrying dudes. Six catches, buck 61, and should have been two touchdowns, had one touchdown. But, yeah, no, uh, I want to see how much they get him – He's he's been kind of pretty good like the last couple of weeks, and this is obviously his big coming out game. But I want to see how much they get him involved uh, the rest of the year. Who else you got? Uh, Khalil Shakir from uh, Boise State, who I thought was the best receiver. Uh, sorry, the best player from Boise State. Period. Ten catches, just 139 yards was good. Uh, same game, Romeo Dubes, baby. <laughs> kind of out of nowhere, had that three touchdowns. You already mentioned him earlier. And uh, one more wide receiver, Vatex Trey Turner, six two, one eighty seven. Uh, he was kind of just making all the plays down the stretch for for Vatek, and obviously they lost to Liberty. Go Flames! But uh, I, I thought I thought those were kind of four receivers who you didn't really hear. I, I know we 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 watched Shakir in the summer, but um, didn't know too much about it, and all kind of just popped and had monster games, and all kind of interesting, measurable guys. Yeah, um, there's a lot of receivers. There's, there's always, a lot of receivers. Hey, receiver, receivers yeah. and you running back. Uh, I also put Michael Penix here because I know he's mm-hmm. a he's a sophomore, but he's a redshirt sophomore, um, and he looked awesome. 
against uh, your vaunted Michigan defense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I so I had him in Cornell Powell. Um, what prospect made you look stupid? Okay. This is just to give his honest dues. Ian Buck was terrific. And this is not as a prospect. But for a guy that... And you're, think, you're just throwing out the window how this show works. Noted. I don't care. It's for entertainment. Um, <laughs> it's not entertainment. Okay, sorry. It's for science. No, uh, I mean the show, not just this part. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> anyways. Okay, I mean, look, we shit on Ian Book all the time and for, for right reasons. And he still had the hilarious fumble where I literally burst out laughing. But, I mean, he balled in this game. He balled. And I, I, I just felt like I couldn't not give him some credit here. Uh, like, pretty impressive the way he was just, you know, navigating the pocket, working out, working through the garbage, finding guys. He was composed and he pulled it off and, you know, ran the ball really well. Uh, Ian Book had a good game. And uh, who's your, who, what's your Ian Book comp? Fucking Colt McCoy or something. And I think that's, that's accurate. You wish. It's Trevon Boykin. Oh, yeah. God. Boykin, Boykin, a better athlete better. and worse person than, than Ian Book. But, yeah. Hey, Ian Book's going to retire as, like, the greatest Notre Dame quarterback ever. So Trevon Boykin would still be the Seahawks' backup if he didn't get into trouble. So. Okay. Okay. He was. Sick. Uh, uh, no one's disagreeing with you. He um, won. Okay. Elijah Vera Tucker made me look stupid. Yeah. I, I see, I, I – okay, let's talk about Vera Tucker. He was – Good. Better than I thought. And that's at a, tackle. At tackle. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> he, uh, he, well, he, he's a guy who I was very low on compared to, I think, the consensus um, in terms of he, I, I didn't think was like a first round or top 50 guy, and some people did, and he made that shift from left guard to left tackle. Yep. And he he just moves really well, especially because he's going to be a guard in the NFL either way. But the fact that he could shift to tackle and he looked so smooth, um, and he he was uh, he was moving people when they did run the ball. And uh, he I think, yeah, he's like, I mean, he's a top 100 type dude, and he, mm-hmm. he made me look stupid. Going to be, uh, yeah, I mean – I guess there's not really any top end pass rushers in the Pac-12, but um, I mean the Rashid matchups can be interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, well, that's see. the that's that's the that's the one for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, best prospect prospect matchup. I, I put Pitts in the Florida pass catchers against that Georgia secondary and Tyson Campbell and okay. Uh, we really talked about it more than enough. Grimes came I, up big uh, with that with that one catch. Uh, Tony was yeah. kind of quiet, but uh, had a had a decent amount of catches he just he didn't get after it after the catch like he usually does but uh hey florida kicked their ass so it doesn't matter i i went with a monroe st brown against jack jones uh mm. i thought that was that was one where you wouldn't even like you wouldn't declare a winner but neither like you wouldn't declare a loser either it was a, a draw because it was such a good battle st brown was didn't have anything largely explosive um Jack Jones did a really nice job on him. He's a smaller corner, obviously a USC transfer. Yeah. Uh, but he's he uh, you love the click and close and the the fluidity and coverage and he he's got a little M effort to him. And Amon Ross St. Brown's a, a top one hundred prospect, and I thought they both looked like top one hundred uh, dudes battling it. And it was kind of a slugfest between them. That was a, a fun side story for this game. You could kind of say Jones won the first half and St. Brown won the second half. Yeah, I you Jones's like game I feel like was kind of clouded by that muff punt too, which sucks because mm-hmm. as a just as a corner, I thought really impressive game. 
Yeah. No, um, sure. You said you had Tonga for outplayed the box score, right? Correct. I, I went with Kyle Pitts because he <laughs> put up big numbers when he was in the game. Yeah. And then when he was out of the game, their, the Florida offense just crumbled and Kyle Trask kind of crumbled. And uh, to me, it just shows that Kyle Pitts is the most important player of that on that team. Say what you will about Kyle Trask, who's also moving to the next one. Prospect is being overhyped. I put Kyle Trask. We both put Kyle Trask. Let's get into well, it, baby. Okay. Okay. Before. Okay. We, we're haters. We're haters. It, yeah. We're going back and forth during the start of this game. Be like, look, another Kyle Pitts makes an incredible play for Kyle Trask to get uh, credit for all this stuff or like he, he kept throwing he throws a lot of wide open touchdowns we'd be he like oh and then like it, let's see he's a heisman finalist but like his touchdowns are just wide open whatever or like Kadarius tony does something crazy and then the, honestly then he started playing like he played really well and then kyle pitts left and they were terrible in the second half he he and had he, a, he, the, the pick six he, that he, didn't happen remember that one he threw a pick he had the the web dropped pick six he i i think he had another dropped pick yeah, uh, they could barely move the ball, and uh, he was he missed guys high and high outside. Like I just think like in terms, of, I don't think he's a first round guy. Like he's probably gonna be the like the quarterback you take on day two, but like he is firmly behind Lawrence Fields, uh, Lance and Wilson. Hundred percent agree. And like it's like him and Mac Jones for QB five. Yeah, agree, and Ooh. yeah. Like, like, Kyle Trask is good, but he's being overhyped. I don't think he's a first-round prospect at all. Um, and, like, a couple no. funny things I thought was, like, like Twitter's freaking out about him. There was a lot of like, – because he threw for 474 yards and four touchdowns like, yeah, in Georgia. He, yeah. It's great. It's great. But, yeah, it was a lot of – it's a lot of wide-open receivers or, or Pitts making huge plays or Tony making huge plays. Uh, fucking Gary's calling him Joe Burrow. Sick. Uh, it's like <laughs> Gary's hilarious on on calls because he's uh, so bad, dude. And it's like it, it, this is what Gary was saying, but like it feels like even this is just the mindset. It's like whenever his rec- and I felt this way all year. Whenever his receivers, especially Pitts, are making great plays, it's like it's like good catch, but perfect throw from Trask. It's like what? Yeah. Like uh, remember the 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 one earlier in the year where um Pitts was kind of Ole Miss uh, if I remember correctly. He had to adjust back back and, like, pull it from behind him. And it's, like, it was an amazing play by Pitts. And people were, like, well, Trask put it there. I'm, like, come on. Like, seriously. Like, and then, like, like the, the, the Eric Stokes pick six. It, it wasn't on Trask. It was, oh, freshman wide receiver making a mistake. Like, come on. Like, what, just, which was true. Like, he totally did fuck up that play. He but, did. But, like, but, 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 but. Trask still threw it anyway. He still saw or didn't see two Georgia defenders and two of his receivers there. Like he still threw the ball. Exactly. Anyways, like, um, so yeah, he's putting up 500 yard almost games, but uh, it, it's again day two. I'm fine with day two, but yeah. Anyways, uh, small school guy who caught my eye was Romeo Dubes, who we talked a little bit yeah. about. He was just he he looked so much bigger than the Utah State DBs, and yeah, um, awesome. did, did a really good job boxing out. And just he also had a, like he had a box out touchdown, but he also had to just burn the entire secondary touchdown. Him and Carson Strong are a lot of fun. Yeah, six two two hundred. So he's listed with some with some heft to him. I like that. Uh, I'll throw. I, I I got three names. I'll do quick. Uh, first, our guy from the summer, Trey McBride, the Colorado State tight end, had a big game. Um, kind of just doing what he does, get, getting open on the seam, doing, doing, running after catch, moving well, five catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns. 
Uh, Colorado State's looking pretty decent right now. It's going to be an interesting game this week against Boise State. Uh, how about <laughs> how about going to the Maction, baby? How about Ryan McWood, the, the linebacker from Miami, Ohio, 6'2", 224, had 14 tackles, and then had that awesome game-winning INT where uh, he just got his big mid out there and, and it bopped the top, ooh, tapped it up to himself and brought it in and returned it a bit and just sealed the game for Miami, Ohio. And then one more um, who I, I think we got to start looking at, and, I mean, he's going to be playing big games for the Liberty Flames. Uh, Malik Willis, the quarterback, who's 6'1", 215. Uh, he's an Auburn transfer. Big game in this one, 20 for 30 uh, for 217 and three touchdowns. Uh, against obviously a ranked team and an ACC defense, and then added another hundred yards and a touchdown on the ground. They're still undefeated. Fly Flames, fly! The Liberty teams. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them down the stretch. They got they got to play Coastal Carolina, which is going to be pretty fun. You know what else is fun? Shaving your nose hairs, AJ. So it's, listen up. Manscaped just released their Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ears and nose hairs looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Wee Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent snicks, snags, tugs, in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently conduited design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled out your nose hairs with your fingers? No, you're dead if you did. That might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Manscaped wants you to also, I read this wrong, you will get a replaceable battery because they want you to replace your battery every three months to keep that weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners Hold. Admitted that long nose hairs is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with a weed whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. And thank you, Bet Online, for giving us a place to safely bet online every week as we get football every day from now on with Maxions filling our Tuesday and Wednesday void. So head on to Bet Online and use promo code armchair. Uh, and Bet Online is a presenting sponsor for my five picks of the week, and AJ's one short of a, a six pack. How'd you do last week, AJ? Two, two and three. I started two and zero. Oh. I thought it was gonna all come together, and it fell apart. Um, I went three and three to bang my uh, oh, missed game through. So I'm twenty three and seventeen on the year. Oh, fuck, I'm fucking fifteen and twenty four and one. I'm having a terrible, terrible year. Um, okay, you want to start us off? Yeah. Uh, Maction, baby. Tuesday, 8 o'clock ESPN. Uh, big matchup. Miami, Ohio, and uh, the aforementioned Ryan McWood. At UB, who I said I think is the best team in the conference right now. And these top, two of the top couple teams. I'm going to say I'm going to take the the Buffaloes. That's not even what they're called. The Bulls <laughs> minus four and a half at home. I uh, Sure. Okay. All right, thank you for that line. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't have a lot of analysis on, analysis on the Mac. Anything can happen. Um, okay, my first game, 3.30 on the Big Ten Network. Number three, Ohio State at Maryland. For the record, this week is really gross. Yeah, it's not good. On paper, at least. Um, there's, like, not very much to get excited about. Uh, 
But as it turns out, Maryland's one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Um, so Ohio State on the road in Maryland against uh, Talia Tungavailoa. Um, and stop laughing. The Buckeyes, uh, I put them at minus 14 and a half on the road. What do you think? It's hard because I don't know what Vegas thinks of Maryland. I, I put it 17 and a half. I also don't know. Did you take this game as well? Yeah, I took Maryland plus the points, baby. So let's put it at, what did you say, 17 and a half? I said yeah. 14. Let's 16? put it at 16. Yeah, okay. I don't know what this line's going to be. Uh, obviously, Maryland's playing good football the last two weeks. Uh, it's in Maryland. If it, if it was in Columbus, probably like 22, 3-ish. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I think I think Maryland might be enough to hang around because, like you said, <laughs> I, I want to save that drop for, for Tulu's name. He just sounded like so robotic. Uh, <laughs> I really thought about it. He's balling, man. Um, and Ohio State's defense is, isn't playing great at all, so – I don't think Maryland wins, but I think they can hang around, and this is kind of just wishful thinking, but let's right. go, Maryland. Right. Hey, freshman star, Rakeem Jarrett, might be on our freaky freshman. Yeah, yeah, good point. He would have been if we watched the Maryland this week. Um, hey, uh, another weekday game for me, baby. Thursday, 8 o'clock, Fox Sports 1. Colorado State. Our new our new favorite uh, broadcast is FS1. With uh, Petros Papadakis? Or, yeah, that? our king. <laughs> Colorado State at Boise State. They're defending the Smurf turf again, and I'm feeling I like I kind of went back and forth. Colorado State looked pretty good this week. Uh, Boise State did not, but maybe maybe the the old Bachmeyer is back this week, and I think regardless they're they're going to defend the Smurf turf. So I'm taking them minus six and a half. I I, I don't really know what to think of them either. <laughs> I don't know either. So I sure, just, I again this week was bad, so I wanted to make sure I got a couple uh, weekday games in. All right, a game that normally is good but is bad this year. 6 yeah. p.m. CBS, number two Alabama at LSU. I put Bama eight and a half. What do you oh, think? I put a sixteen and a half. I don't know how much they're going to respect LSU. Okay, so let's put that at fourteen. Two touchdowns. You're, it should be, but you might be right. Uh, let's put it at fourteen. Let's put it at fourteen. Um, uh, and I, I'm taking Alabama. I mean, yeah. that LSU defense is built to get destroyed by this Alabama offense. <laughs> exactly. Bo, Bo Pelini's going to get fired immediately after the season. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he is. I, again, this is going to be interesting because, I mean, it's usually a marquee game and LSU is the defending national champions. But I don't know how much respect they're going to give them at home in Death Valley. It's it, This line is going to be interesting to see when uh, – when you can check it when you're listening to it, but we can't because it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> uh, my next game, I'm going to your your uh, your game. Seven thirty, ABC, number ten, Wisconsin at Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin's got like COVID, so this might not even happen. I, I don't really know. Michigan's terrible. It's all just a big question mark. This game, I put it at Wisconsin minus three and a half. Okay, I uh, I also picked this game. I'm also picking Wisconsin. It might not happen. It's just because this week is bad and this is the primetime game. I put Wisconsin minus 10. Again, I don't know how much respect is going to be given to the Wolverines. Do they do they deserve that three and a half line? No. But Wait, again, like, okay, you're just you're being uh you're being a, a unhappy fans bias. Wisconsin hasn't played in like three weeks. They're on the road and they have like COVID running rampant through the, their the COVID There's issue. No way it'll the be that issue. Day. Yeah, the COVID issue. Is would, the would you put it at 10? Yeah. Put it at six, then I guess. 
And I'm taking Wisconsin. Michigan sucks. Michigan burned me when I thought they could they could cover against Indiana. Okay, well, if I said it at 10, would you still take Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> so, so don't give me shit. <laughs> I just want to get the line right. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll do six. Um, yeah, I, I, hey, this is, I told you you were going to, you were reverse jinxing with Mich- Michigan last week, and I'm doing it this week, but they're going to get throttled if this game happens, so. Uh, okay, what's your next game? That's all my games. That's my five. That was five? That flew by. I still have two more. Uh, okay, two games that have not been given a time or a network. Sick. <laughs> uh, number four, Notre Dame, who will now be number three or two or one? Uh, Notre Dame at Boston College uh, in Chestnut Hill. Phil Dracovic, the Notre Dame transfer, revenge game. Yep. Uh, I put it Notre Dame as a 10.5 point favorite in Chestnut Hill. It's but be seeing how you've yeah, seeing how you put Alabama and Wisconsin, maybe it should be bigger. Yeah, after that, but you're taking Boston College plus the points. I hope. Yeah, I'm taking Boston College. Yes. Okay, you're right. So what? This what do you think I should put it at? Thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. Done. Uh, but I think it's a bit of a letdown opportunity. I it's in. Agree. Jeff Halfley gets Boston College ready to play teams. I mean, they gave hell to Clemson. And they covered that. Uh, I think they'll like. I think Notre Dame ends up winning, but I think it, it ends up being closer than you expect. I mean, Phil Dracovic's been one of the best quarterbacks in in the country. Zay Flowers looks like a superstar. Yeah. Um, they have a a, a, vet, a veteran offensive line. They play tough defense. I I don't know. This Boston College team just like feels like a, a team who plays everybody kind of close and just covers. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, both Catholic schools. So there's no, uh, there's no, they they're praying to the same gods. So there's no bump there, Rob. Um, ah, uh, good point. Thank you. <laughs> okay, my, my my final game's a Pac-12 game. Hopefully, it ends up being Pac-12 after dark. Um, Cal at Arizona State. Mm. Cal had their opener canceled because of COVID, so maybe this game won't happen. Uh, I put it as Arizona State three point favorites. That's... It's a good game. There are two teams who are seriously competing uh, to play in the Pac-12 championship. If I remember correctly, Cal was supposed to be a one-point favorite this week, so I think that line makes sense. Yeah, Cal's got some big fans. Yeah, yeah, and they're, and, they're playing Washington this week. They got canceled, if you guys don't remember. So it wasn't like they're playing uh, Arizona. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. a fair line. Yeah, and I'm taking Zona State. I mean, I think Zona State – might be uh this this podcast team this year. Who knows? They yeah no they very much so could be there. I think I enjoyed them the most uh, of any team this week. And we're just happy Pac-12 and the Mac are back. So tune in next week for more Maction and Pac-12 after dark talk.